0: Hello, this is Chat Over Coffee with My Yoga Teacher, a podcast where the comedian Peter Brush, that's me, speaks to his yoga teacher, Kayla, who you'll hear in a second, and we have a hot drink and discuss hot topics like the philosophies of yoga that were written 3,000 years ago. I hope you've been enjoying the show. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, I'm at Peter Brush underscore, and Kayla is at Kayla McCormack Yoga. So if you don't do that already, then you'll be our guests. Right, should we get on with it then, you know when people have twins, they either have like identical twins where it's like the one egg splits in the womb, is that right, and then they're I think so, yeah, yeah, and then or you have non identical twins where two separate eggs have been fertilized in the womb, right, yeah, but two eggs don't usually get in the womb, do they, No. so do you think that that sort of happens like have you ever been to a water park? and you've got like a guy at the top of the slide that tells you when you're supposed to come down. Yeah. Do you think that the guy at the top of the fallopian tubes just got the timings wrong with the <laughs>
1: He's just like, "Yep, you can go. Yep, you can go." Yeah. He's reading his book, not paying exactly, attention. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. right, isn't it
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have peanut butter and jam sandwiches at university when we went for a Spell of oh. not really feeding myself properly and I just, mm. you know, it'd be quite easy to just buy jam and peanut butter and just eat a loaf of bread like that.
1: Well, you can make it a little bit healthier if, if you want. You can obviously use good bread and instead of jam, you can put fresh fruit, which sounds a bit weird, but if you use like strawberries or something like that, it actually does taste quite nice. Okay. It, it, yeah. it substitutes quite well. Well. Uh, there you go. No, a recommendation sounds good. from me. That
0: sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I am... Um... I'm not always a fan of everything from America being ported over here, you know, like <laughs> culture wars and stuff, but I don't mind the peanut butter yeah. and jam coming over.
1: Don't like me, but don't mind the peanut butter and
0: butter. <laughs> You're <laughs> as English as tea now, aren't you? I don't know.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you consider yourself half English, half American now, or you just, you know you've got dual um, citizenship, but do you consider yourself yeah. an Anglo-American, or do you, or... Is yeah,
1: it- well, I... I, I um, I tend to only tell people I'm American unless they they say "Are you American?" because I have been here a very, very long time. I'm within a f- just a few years of being equally, mm. so the time I've spent in America I've spent here now on the census, I put that I identify as british to be honest i feel I feel quite quite split, and I don't really feel like I need to choose between the two per se.
0: But you didn't, you fell in love with a guy, not a country, though, didn't you? Or first, initially? I don't
1: know. I I would say that that probably isn't 100% right. Right.
0: Because,
1: you know, when you like something, you tend to gear towards that. So I quite like the idea of coming to England and some of the English culture and stuff like that. And the idea that it's really old, you know, with castles and, and the history and Romans and, you know, how old it was. I've always had planned to go to university and take a year in a foreign country in England is what my aim was. So I kind of always was geared towards this, but I'd never been. And I wouldn't say I was like some like I didn't fill my house with like loads of red buses and uh, (laughs) telephone booths and things like that
0: bunting and the royal family paraphernalia (laughs) and stuff
1: exactly it wasn't anything like that it wasn't that crazy but i did just kind of enjoy the stories and the history and, and i liked the idea of coming and visiting so when i met some english people i made a point to try and stay in touch with them so at the time we used msn chat online in chat rooms lord yeah i remember
0: that I'm so embarrassed looking back at some of those names I would have used as, like, there'd be Radiohead lyrics and stuff I would have used. (laughs) It's something pathetic.
1: I still have my original email account from my very first email account.
0: I can't use mine because it was very rude.
1: Oh, was it? I was
0: applying for universities and uh, they were like, no, you've got to change this. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. That's
0: why I didn't get into Oxford. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, dodgy email yeah. account. They just thought, what's this nonsense, do yeah, we?
0: I didn't quite realise how rude it was when I, I something I'd overheard anyway. It's an air of mystique there. But
1: <laughs> but yeah, so I think, yes, I I came to England because I did fall for a guy. But I think maybe I fall, fell for the guy because I was already interested in that kind of culture, possibly.
0: It didn't hurt, did it, I suppose? Yeah. And it's not disappointed. You like you like England, then yeah, generally.
1: Yeah, I feel like culture wise, it's like the opposite from the east coast of America in terms of like north south. So like in America, there's this idea that you go north to go to the big city, and you go north to get to like the fast paced life, and you go, you know, because in New York City and DC and uh, Baltimore, they're all north, and then South Carolina is like, oh, you go south to get into the country to be slow, you know see y'all, have a nice day, you know, <laughs> y'all come back now, you're here, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And then here, it's like the other way around. If you go north, it's like getting out into, you know, more country, more, clo- you
0: know. More- Scotland, I suppose, as well is sort of exactly. more country. I always thought about it actually the UK being kind of the opposite to America in some ways because they always talk in America about coastal elites, don't they? I feel like our coasts, you wouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, i don't know I mean really disparaging around <laughs> coastal communities and stuff but you wouldn't say that they were like los angeles and new york would you
1: well i'm gonna say i lived in fleetwood yeah. which is just above blackpool for eight years and i would not call myself a coastal elite
0: and <laughs> not no nothing against those areas which are still sure very nice but
1: they're more like retirement areas and and like old fishing villages and stuff rather than like some sort of like elitist place to want to go but i suppose that's because you tend in england at least we tend not to have very massive beaches and they're not usually beautiful in terms of like for swimming or
0: (laughs) there's some uh, good beaches in the uk really i mean wales has got some great beaches yes
1: wales down towards cornwall and all of that
0: so those areas aren't flourishing areas financially and Mm. they're still beautiful beaches and yeah. you know Scarborough's not a bad beach, and
1: so you're basically saying it should be elites
0: no, at the at the,
1: the seas, but I think <laughs> they're that, not. Now
0: I may be wrong, but <laughs> two of my readings of, of why these areas don't have huge financial investment and that they're, they're, they're not bustling hubs, like, is mm. because the transport infrastructure is very bad. You know, they're doing comedy to places on the coast. You will not be able to get there on the train very easily or back it's just yeah. you know you have to drive to all these places and the roads a lot of these places are well but if you look at like east anglia or something the transport mm. network in east anglia is appalling and it's all coast and so yeah these places don't yeah. get investments because new businesses don't start there and the other thing that goes against it is that there's some wonderful bits of coastline in norfolk for example as well like mm. it's a great coastline there but Holidaying in the uk is comparatively expensive because you know all the budget airlines started i don't know when like but basically yeah. it gave you the option that you if you lived in the north well, if you lived in liverpool or something you want to go for a holiday you didn't have to go to morecambe or you could just get the plane to go to spain instead and so yeah i think that contributed to these areas having less investment as well because t- tourism also went down so some yeah. some coast areas are quite sad uh, when you go there, there's just not a lot going on. And yeah. I mean, Blackpool's a bit different. Yeah, would, different, but I would
1: say that's the same for Fleetwood, but not so much for Blackpool because yeah. Blackpool's got its own culture.
0: It's got enough stuff there, and there there's, there's an entertainment. Yeah. There's entertainment hubs in Blackpool, aren't exactly. there? I think, yeah, so. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: So the next Yama. So the next one is backer, back mac,
1: It's a chuff sound.
0: I feel like a, <laughs> a, I sound like a racist whenever I like try and repeat any of these <laughs> sc- Sanskrit names. So, so, so it's just yes. I feel like it sounds like whenever my grandmother tried to pronounce a foreign footballer's surname. <laughs> it was it was like she deliberately like not even paying like like oh well they're foreign so I won't even bother trying to learn that. Yeah, that I'll just say it how I'm
1: to say it yeah. or whatever.
0: Tennis players you get wrong. She used to say. Djokovic for Djokovic.
1: Ah. And, stuff, nice. for
0: example. and she even called Federer yeah. Fredera. It was like <laughs> stick a British name at the top of it just to you yeah. know
1: It's Brahmacharya.
0: Brahmacharya Okay, yeah. Alright. So this this really does sound hippie ish, this one, doesn't it?
1: Well, do you not think it sounds like the opposite of hippie ish though? Because the idea of this one is um celibacy originally. That's like that's like the very first thing you're gonna find when you search Brahmacharya. And it, it is one of the ones that, like Hindu and other religions, really take on board as like something to actually like. They're because they're obviously they have monks and and nuns, and so that's one of the first things that you'll find when you search Brahmacharya is those connections there. But it is, as you said, one of the yamas. So in yoga, we tend to try to take it a little bit deeper and a, a lot less physical, if that makes sense for celibacy. I've heard it described in multiple ways, but two main things is this idea between taking advantage or exhausting your sexual energy. So that could be over flirting and things like that and causing harm through that. And then um, the other thing is, is another thing of just being mindful of your, your energy as a whole. So a lot of people tend to translate that to mean just watching your energy. So not necessarily specifically related to uh, sexual energy, but just, you know, your energy as a whole and not exhausting yourself, not giving it away too much, not uh, making sure you spend as much time as you need to for yourself. And obviously that will be different for different people, you know, depending on if if you're extroverted or introverted or, you know,
0: anything, you know. Well, I actually was messing about a bit when I said about, I didn't know celibacy was the first thing really. I thought that was just like...
1: Oh, yeah. Celibacy.
0: Because I know Gandhi was made himself have large yes. spells of celibacy, didn't he? Yeah, which is a bit questionable. Because I think he was supposed to like sleep in a bed with naked with his nieces just to make sure that so there were an added temptation for him. So oh, I, so yeah, I didn't you know, know that. that. Like, they were like i did supposed not to be know in. That added temptation for him so that he would be even more sort of celibate because he wasn't acting on that. It's great for them, isn't it? Like, (laughs) oh, what? We have to sleep with Uncle Gandhi again, do we? (laughs) (laughs) a bit.
1: (laughs) I do remember his wife saying like, oh, for the majority of their marriage or maybe all of their marriage, he was celibate. Lucky her. (laughs) I know,
0: right?
1: uh, But that comes back to the idea that obviously he... Had a bigger picture in
0: mind. <laughs> mm. But a lot of boxers do that as well. You know, if a boxer's got a big fight, they're not supposed to really fall around before fights. Yeah, that's a, like one of these things that they say. I
1: didn't know that.
0: You'd think I was good at fighting as a like growing up. <laughs> but, yeah. So, yeah, that's what they say. Like, I'm sure like someone like Mike Tyson didn't abide by it and lost and said that that was why yeah. or something. It might not have been Mike Tyson.
1: But someone famous. Someone whatever,
0: famous is yeah. like, oh yeah, I messed up, you know, because I didn't. I don't know if that's um, like, you know, if you're not allowed to do anything, or whether you can sort of like by yourself is alright, you know. What I, mean? <laughs> like, I don't know. If the,
1: yeah, that. Well, I would I've say I've never trained in...
0: boxes, so.
1: Well, you know. I had so one of so my yoga teacher who I first trained with. She went to India regularly, and she told me she met. A fella, who she said that he told her that he had he was he was a virgin. He was he was in his twenties, so not like ridiculously old, but he also hadn't done anything else mm. with them by himself, if you will.
0: It's not it's not good for you, though. <laughs> Which
1: I would have that was my <laughs> first thought. I don't think that's mm. good for you, but I mean, I'm not a doctor, and I don't. Mm. But that, but I think that um if you're trying to be like thinking about it from like a celibacy and energy side. They are go hand in hand. Then you can't do either <laughs> mm. with or without help. I don't okay, know. <laughs> how do we word that? I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, you know, you got a lot of prostate problems. Apparently, I
1: don't know. It doesn't sound very right for me. But um, this all—all all of this—stems from a very old belief that does come from kind of the yoga side. Not older than yoga, but yoga was originally linked with religions and things so it's 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 kind of all been made together but originally there was this idea that okay okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure we don't have that many children listeners (laughs) okay (laughs) it was originally
1: thought that the the semen so when it happens um is is holy and and is like full of energy and vitality and that it's obviously from from your head down it's coming it's going out so a lot of poses and things were to be taken upside down to try to keep that in and try and keep that energy in so that you're trying to uh, lengthen your lifespan and things like that and i think that is the same with the idea for celibacy is to try and keep that in you know that that life force or whatever but medically these days i would say that there's i've never heard of anything positive other than maybe some mental like meditation kind of positive effects of 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 Challenging yourself and things, but not physical, of not doing anything, and it kind of links towards menstruating. They say like you shouldn't go upside down when you're menstruating, but that is that also is is linked to energies and what's happening in your body rather than a physical reaction. So there was a very short time period where there there was an idea or a thought that maybe being upside down while you were on your period was bad for the blood because it could go somewhere that it shouldn't be going, but that doesn't happen. That's not, that's not something that you actually have to worry about. So if you want to, you can go ahead and be upside down, but, <laughs> but there is the idea that your body is trying to flush and get rid of things. So, and by going upside down, by being inverse inverted, you're kind of doing the opposite. I think that's the kind of theory behind that side of kind of being celibate in, in that area It's just about holding onto your, to your energy and not letting it go out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably loads more to that as well. But that's not all linked to Brahmacharya though. But yeah, it feels anyway.
0: like a lot of that's been debunked now, is not it?
1: <laughs> yes, I think so. I think that's why we tend to say that Brahmacharya is more about watching your own energy levels and paying attention to yourself and how you feel and not giving too much, you know, like for me, if if you were to go to a yoga class and were like, yeah, I'm going I'm going to go all in here. I'm gonna push myself, do it, and then after class, you know, you sat on the couch, you feel feel alright, but you're a bit tired. And then two hours later, you're still tired. You've done too much. <laughs> you know, if you're still feeling the effects physically of being tired from the class, I don't mean like delayed onset muscle soreness or something. I don't mean achiness. I mean actual tired, not wanting to move. Feeling like, whew, whew, if you still feel like that hours after class, you've overdone it. So I think like I would feel like that's more of how we could apply it into our physical practice in our daily, like, in our lives.
0: Because I looked it up mm. and it, the first thing that came up wasn't about celibacy, but some something about staying in contact with your soul or something like that. Or yeah. bringing yourself back to the salt your own soul or something like that.
1: Your brahma is is your source, your life source. So it's about kind of like you're saying coming back to source.
0: It, that's what sounded hippieish to me like because it's quite because ah, okay. it's that sounds quite abstract. It's not like, you know, don't, you know, touch anything, but <laughs> it's no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think um, I'm trying to think of a way to say this. So one of, the, one of the things is that you have, like, I think we've talked about this before, this idea of, like, yes, you are an individual, but then there's a chance that perhaps when you die, you are no longer an individual. You join, like, a whole that is contains you and in individuals that are no longer individual anymore. So, like, this, a source. So, mm-hmm. like, if you were to think of you as a drop of water and the source as the river... If you put that drop of water back in the river, it's no longer a drop of water. It no longer no longer exists like that. So I think the idea there is that you're connecting with that that source, which would be the source for for your um, being, your soul, your consciousness, wherever you want to think about it as, and making that connection to know, I'm going to say like the bigger picture, right. you know, understanding that it doesn't matter. All things change, grow, die, all of that kind of thing. So maybe connecting with that, that source. Like right now we are, you would think that right now we're a drop of water, but perhaps we came from something that isn't drops and it's trying to connect back to but that
0: What's the idea. evidence of that though? I mean, is that, that's just that's a nice idea, but like... What...
1: I suppose the only evidence you could ever really put forward to that is just that energy and matter are one in the same. So everything will be energy at the end. Like, if you were to speed yourself up, what is it? It's, you know, it's Newton's, it, not Newton, uh, Einstein, you know, speed yourself up to two times the speed of light, and you turn into energy, and then speed of light squared, and then you turn to energy, and then boom, you no longer exist. Right. Or do you? Because you're energy. So you just only exist as energy, not as a physical so oh, okay. I think that's the only thing that I would say is a is even slightly towards trying that idea.
0: We're going to latch onto that, then, are we? <laughs> <laughs> so there is more evidence for that than heaven. Then there you go. Yeah. So. Mm.
1: And speaking of that, though, actually, Buddhism and some and those kind of some of those uh, sects of Buddhism is actually the only religion that doesn't clash with science. You'll always find something in other religions that clashes, even if it's only silly or probably a mistranslation or you're taking it too literally or something like that. Fair enough. But you'll find things that clash, you know, like the idea of flooding the whole planet all in one go or something like that. You'll always find something that just feels just that little bit off that we don't necessarily find in the records through, you know, archaeology and stuff like that. But Buddhism doesn't. Buddhism doesn't clash with anything because there's nothing really to clash with.
0: That's one of the things that I first found quite appealing about it when I was growing mm. up. Like, And I'm not a Buddhist, but like, mm. I think that it kind of resonated with the some of the psychological ideas as well. I don't know if I really think that like, to live is to suffer and stuff like that, mm. but I felt like some of the things within it made a little bit more sense to me than the ideas of like original sin and all that kind of stuff.
1: Original sin, is that the Catholic side where they think babies are born? of sin
0: well i thought it's just something. like a general christian sort of thing because maybe babies aren't sinners but like the idea in christianity mm-hmm. is that we're all sinners aren't we really like you mm-hmm. get you, you get yeah, as soon yeah. as you start thinking and making decisions then you are a sinner aren't you you know the seven deadliest sins you'll all you'll have felt any of those have made yeah you know, and then you have to repent yes. and stuff like that and when you like had that, that like. too
1: many sweets in one go and you felt sick gluttony <sighs> <sighs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but I just—I I feel like that's just a natural part of like mankind, though, to to mm. be envious and lustful and greedy at times or whatever. It's just—I th- I just think that's—I just think that is humanity, and that's not contradicting what the religion says, I suppose. But I sometimes wonder whether it was because when you're brought up with something, then that is what you rebel against as well, isn't it? So if you're brought up in a you know Christian saying, then other religions might look a little bit more appealing it's like grass is always greener isn't it you can sort of think oh well buddhism looks great but if i was raised a buddhist i might be like oh some of this is nonsense isn't it (laughs) so
1: yeah
0: if you see it over the over the fence you sort of you just see the the elements that are positive to it or that you don't have in your side of it and think oh i wish i had that but then if you had all of what they had then you might not feel the same way so i think a lot of us in the west kind of do that sometimes with eastern philosophies and potentially vice versa because obviously in the east they do fetishize the west sometimes so
1: yeah
0: that's probably what's also going on
1: yeah i think there's a bit of that that idea of like if you're if if you find yourself unsatisfied with what you grew up with you'll find something completely different better like as long as it's very different in your mind or whatever yeah
0: Again, it's probably just a fetishized image of Buddhism that I would have had in my head.
1: Oh yeah, there's some really horrible aspects of Buddhism if you look for them.
0: Yeah, and I'm yeah. sure that they've been involved in wars as well at some point. So, I mean, the Dalai Lama yeah. seems all right, but. <laughs> 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 but how much of that's PR? He might be. A, you just you never really know with these celebrities, do you? What they're really like? <laughs> he eats meat as well. So. Does he? Yeah, because he's. Um, it might not be meat; it might just be fish. But he definitely eats some flesh because he's got some condition or something where it's where he needs to have it. I think. Ah, oh, I didn't know that. I did read that somewhere. I think I only read it on Wikipedia. I tend to trust Wikipedia, even though obviously bogus information gets put on there. But I've, mm. I've read it more than once. He's
1: actually a proper diva. The cameras go off, and he stops his namaste, and he goes, "Where the hell's my fish?"
0: Yeah. Well, that is, you know. <laughs> There's a load of that, isn't there? Right.
1: But, um, but I think there are certain um, sects of Buddhism where they're not vegetarian. And I think we've mentioned this before. So we are not, you're not supposed to decline food. So if someone gives you food and it's and it's meat, you're not supposed to say, no, oh, no, thank you, I'm a vegetarian. You're supposed to eat it.
0: Obviously, you don't eat meat, I don't eat meat. It doesn't matter what the listeners, say, if they eat meat, they're not judging or anything, but... <laughs> obviously, they're investing in... Clean meat, aren't they, as time goes on, where they're going to try and grow meat in laboratories. Yeah. which will yeah, mean I saw the that. The carbon People f-
1: eating that, that burger. Did they make a burger out? Yeah, so
0: something? it'd be actual yeah. meat, but no animals would have died for it. And the carbon yeah. footprint is a lot lower. And if you just had meat that was produced in that way, you wouldn't have things like about 70% of the antibiotics used in the world are used on farm animals. Yes. Which is mental. It's not that like we're not sleepwalking into a crisis there, are we? So, Oh, we most definitely yeah.
1: are. People are already... W- one, a woman has died in the UK from having a bladder infection that was untreatable because it was antibiotic resistant.
0: We'll be seeing more of that.
1: But anyway, yes. So, agreed.
0: So, <laughs> they're going to have this, what they all term, clean or ethical meat grown in laboratories and stuff, which mm. will be meat, but it won't have all of the connotations. Yeah. of like. So, basically... Do you think when they, if they were to do that and that was basically how you got your meat, would you start eating meat again? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I would have to double check that that is, that, well, people greenwash. So I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in paying attention because people greenwash everything all the time. I mean, just take Tesco. They're a massive, horrible corporation that say like, ooh, every little bit counts. That's a
0: sponsorship we can't get now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, good luck. You can have Tesco. I don't want (laughs) to. But I mean, like some of these really large corporations. Are you know, try to say that they're trying to be good when they aren't really, they're just greenwashing. Hmm. Um, so assuming that there is no actual issue with it and what they're saying is true, like it really doesn't use more carbon or F or whatever to make these fake, fake
0: real burgers, mm. whatever <laughs> they are. or whatever, yeah. whatever synthetic whatever. burgers, um, whatever it is.
1: Yeah. yeah, I would have no problems eating that. Yeah, but like. When, doesn't that creep you out a little bit? What if they decided to make, like, human burgers? they
0: not going to do that.
1: Yeah, they won't, but they could, couldn't they? And you don't know what you're eating. You're assuming it's a burger. I have to see how much I trust these weird, creepy companies that are growing this meat.
0: So, yeah, but maybe you would have to gain confidence in the product, wouldn't you? Like, that you were yeah. eating what, what it said it was. But I'm sure that there'd be regulatory standards and stuff. Yeah. I was saying I don't have a problem with it. I, I can't wait. But I think... Is there's a psychological sort of thing as to like that it'd be weird to be eating meat again after decades of, mm. of not doing it? That would be quite strange for people, and so
1: yeah, I, I knew some people. I, I knew a woman who wouldn't even eat corn because she said it was too meaty, too realistic. That's not the reason why I don't eat meat, so that doesn't that wouldn't bother me. But I could see why someone would be bothered by that mm. if you know, because if you Like, actually, I watched a show. I watched Inside Number 9 the other night.
0: People love that, don't they? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Most of them are really good. But but in the show, he takes a slice off a woman's buttock, and he fries it in a pan, and he makes this guy eat it. So, it's horrible, because that's how they write their stories anyway, most Mm. of the time. But while you're watching... The majority of people I think would feel the same, a bit of a gag reflex. Like it's gross. It's not just like horrific. It's also a bit like ooh, ooh. And I think that there are a lot of people, even if we're not one of them, that feel that same way towards the idea of eating animal flesh. Mm. Like it's 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 revolting, you know. So then the idea of a lab grown meat, it doesn't matter where it came from. It doesn't matter that no animal was actually hurt in the process of making the meat. That idea Is gross, just like the idea of growing human flesh to be consumed. Like the idea of taking some of my cells and then growing a Kayla burger or something. (laughs) It's a bit bit gross. (laughs) So I can see why someone like definitely would not like that. I could understand that. And and to be honest, I, I fluctuate. Sometimes I get really grossed out by meat. Especially after something like that, when I see it as a, on a human perspective and it kind of wakes you up a little bit and you go, yeah, why do we eat meat? That's a bit gross, isn't it?
0: <laughs> well, I don't know because, uh, I mean, maybe it's not the case for everyone. Obviously it weirds some people out. Maybe it's sort of always weirded some people out. But hmm. I think there's like someone I used to work with, they said that it's natural for human beings to salivate if they see meat. And I think it is. Because mm. if you see like a slab of steak or something, I think you do naturally salivate. And even if you ethically are against it and stuff, there's just a natural human reaction is to just salivate a bit and then go, oh, i not supposed to endorse this, you know.
1: Raw meat or cooked meat? Raw meat, I think, yeah. Really? Yeah, I oh.
0: so.
1: Raw meat always put me off. Uh, okay. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> I think there is some sort of, like you're saying, scientific, this idea that we're going to be eating or whatever. And meat is one of the things that we've been eating for, you know, forever. We used to be hunter-gatherers. And one of the hunter-gatherers part is the hunting. (laughs) So, like, maybe there is something a bit built in there.
0: I'm reading Sapiens at the moment, which I can't believe I hadn't read before. Have you read that?
1: No, but I've seen it.
0: And there's just a bit in it where it sort of talks about how culturally we've sort of evolved so fast in the last couple of thousand years that it completely outlives the animal brain like, so we'd still do things like want to gorge on fat and sugar mm. because obviously, mm-hmm. when we were in hunter-gatherer societies, if we came across mm. anything particularly fatty or sugary, we would gorge on it because it was hardly, you know, it was not very often exactly. that would naturally occur. So,
1: especially sugary, yeah, like berries and stuff, you just want to stuff your face.
0: And we still have that in our brain because we haven't, you know, because we've not evolved our brains to catch up with what you know, the, whatever yeah. reality we're in now. So I guess that's the yeah. same with meat, isn't it? Eat meat is a natural thing that we would naturally eat, wouldn't we? And mm. isn't the only reason not to eat it is an ethical thing, really.
1: Yeah, whether that's ethical in terms of animal welfare or ethical in terms of the, all the environmental impact it has, it doesn't really matter. It's still like a choice thing rather than a, a biological thing. But I feel like that's a lot of energy to be putting into something for a very small get back. Like, loads of people nowadays are doing, like, they're doing the reels, they're doing, like, you know, 10 tips for this, and it's like, well, I I have content, I know I could just start doing it, but I feel like that that is a lot of energy. Like, I would rather, it took me almost all day yesterday to write the detailed plan for my workshop tonight. So, I would rather my energy go into what I'm actually giving people than to something free online. I'm not saying that free is everything, but, you know, something that's just short online that just, you know, how much attention is it really going to get? You know, maybe someone will watch it, but are they going to do it? You know, are they going to mm. – I'm not saying that it's not got its benefits, but like you're saying, it's it's, it's just – You start questioning, like, is that worth it? Do I want that out there? Is it going to clash with something when I change my mind later?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's not... So... When something's out, it's a public record of what you're, you know, maybe shouldn't be so quick to always put stuff out, but, you know.
1: And I do think, as, as a little bit of an introvert, I feel I can communicate better when I communicate in writing. Not every time, not all the time, not constantly, but I do think that, especially if it's something a little bit technical... I feel like I can communicate that well in writing but then that means people have to read it. I mean my 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 mom told me that I should I I have too too much text. I need to have less reading and I just said well I just want students that want to read. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I say that sort of thing as well like uh... I write a lot of jokes that aren't like big belly laugh jokes, especially in mm. Edinburgh and stuff like that. They're just like mm. subtle sort of things. I think are, are interesting, but they don't always like massively laugh out loud. And mm. someone's like, "Oh, well, it's not laughing out loud." I'm like, "Well, it's not supposed to be," <laughs> like, you know.
1: Yeah, it's just supposed to make you go
0: hmm. You know, supposed to get a <laughs> muted reaction, thank you. <laughs> so I just got I just got an email. Right? I applied for some gig. When you get the reply, you think, oh, cool, I've got the gig. And someone's replied and said, thanks for replying. You have not got the gig. Why tell me that?
1: Oh, I don't know. I think that's quite (laughs) nice. I'd rather know for certain rather than stick around waiting.
0: And You don't stick around waiting because hundreds of comics apply for one spot. So you know that you're probably not going to get it. So you get quite hardened to rejection. You don't need to get your hopes up very slightly and think oh he's replied oh it's just to tell me i definitely shouldn't have maybe got he's not up. he's
1: not used to the to the net uh, he
0: does he runs enough stuff <laughs> <laughs> so anyway um, shall we leave it yeah. there then i'll definitely go now sorry okay then i keep no, that's going great. on a tangent you're like should we go and I'm like oh i'll tell you what let's just talk about nothing for another five minutes <laughs> you
1: know,
0: right i will stuff. talk to you later then yeah just get it off now <laughs> bye, <laughs> bye. Thanks for listening everyone, you made it to the end, congratulations, I uh, hope you enjoyed it, and we'll hopefully see you in a couple of weeks if you have not decided that this is no longer for you. Um, as ever, if you like the show, obviously it's a free show, but if you want to pay us back somehow, then you can always tell your friends and family and work colleagues, or anyone you think would be interested, we would love more people to find out about it, so that would be great if you want to do that. I'm not going to stress the point, because it does not sound desperate, but it is very, very helpful. And it's nearly Christmas, isn't it? So it's it's not, is it? But you might be listening to this around Christmas because they don't expire, do they? So this is just waffle now, isn't it? Let's just go. See you soon.